You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good afternoon, my Conscious Co-Creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Uh, for those listening on the station, uh, we're having a little bit of trouble with the Zoom Facebook integration right now, but uh, I'll let you guys know as soon as I get the video up and running. Have a really fascinating show in store for you today talking all about alchemy and the awakening of consciousness with uh, a couple of really fascinating individuals. Very happy I got them on the show today. And uh, uh, of course, we're going to start off first with our quotes of the day. Um, first, from the universe. A manifestation tip from your friend, the universe. Feeling gratitude in advance before you even receive, as if you already had, whether for direction or abundance or anything else, opens the floodgates. Pressing, gushing, filling the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. I guess today reminding us how important gratitude is um, to attract the things we really want to bring into our life. And, you know, I've heard it said, I think it was the HeartMath Institute did some studies of the different emotions and uh, what uh, they um, and how they kind of measured uh, in terms of frequencies and stuff. And they found that gratitude was like the highest uh, vibration, the highest frequency of, of all the different emotions. So gratitude is a wonderful way of really expressing to the universe like Thank you so much for this amazing thing that you've brought into my life. And it doesn't have to be there yet. And actually, by expressing the gratitude before it ever gets there, not only energetically are you sending out uh, this uh, intention and this energy to the universe to help manifest and bring that to you, but you're also kind of physiologically and chemically lining up your body, your, your mind, your, your heart, your spirit, you're lining everything up to actually create the very thing that you're being grateful for. So gratitude is a very powerful mechanism 
for just getting into alignment with what it is we want to see in our life. So uh, uh, never can talk about gratitude too much on this show. It's uh, absolutely a, an amazing and, and wonderful tool that we can use uh, in in our daily life. And, and just, you know, it's kind of like our way of saying, thank you for what I have. I'm more than willing to receive even more. So a wonderful, wonderful quote from the universe. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. Abraham says, never face reality unless your reality is just the way you want it to be. Abraham. Ah, this is one of those quotes. Uh, it, it reminds me of Abraham saying that just because something is true is a lousy reason to give your attention to it. And uh, I, I think what uh, Abraham, the point Abraham's trying to make here is that uh, reality is, is something is true merely because of all the attention we've given it. it it's true because of the focus we've put into it and the energy we've, we've sent that way. It's true because of what we um, have already uh, put forward. And Abraham says, you know, if there's something in your life that isn't working for you, that, that's not going the way you want it to go, that, that's not really uplifting your spirit and your soul, stop paying attention to it. Stop feeding your energy to it. Stop Stop allowing it to sort of control uh, uh, what your mood is and what you're feeling and where your energetic levels are. As, instead, focus on the things that you want to create. Again, having gratitude for the things uh, that haven't even come yet, that, that you can just feel in your heart of hearts will make you sing. And that, you know, sometimes, and I've heard Abraham say this, you know, the actual manifestation of the thing is, is actually just a side benefit. It's all just an excuse to get us more in alignment with life, with the universe, with our soul, our spirit, with, with our hearts, with, with who we truly are. And that actually having that gratitude and having that uh, energetic alignment is actually much, much more important than any kind of manifestation that we might be looking forward to. Um, because let's face it, anything that we manifest, anything that we bring into our life, it's all only going to be temporary. And, and after we've manifested it, we're going to be like, oh, that's nice. What else can I manifest? And we're moving on and already thinking about the next thing. So again, it, it, it's more important is, is sort of the energy with which we show up with in life more so than what our circumstances, what our surrounding, what our physical environment is like. And indeed, almost regardless of your physical environment, if you shift your energy, if you change your energy, you change your alignment, you will be able to change uh, your, your the physical manifestations around you. You'll be able to change your environment or your environment will just magically shift and change around you. And this is true whether we're talking about people, abundance, uh, situations, whatever. Anyway, two, wonderful, amazing, and very apropos, I think, uh, 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 quotes for our guests today. So it is my pleasure now to introduce to you the founders of Anu Alchemy. 
Uh, first, I'll introduce you to Tassan. Tassan is recognized as an intuitive master healer specializing in removing pain and limitations on the physical, emotional, cellular, and DNA levels, opening the door of possibilities to flow. She has successfully helped countless clients suffering from anxiety, depression, insomnia, fatigue, chronic pain, eating disorders, high blood pressure, prenatal suffocation, birth trauma, and many other emotional issues. Tassan was born and raised in Hong Kong. She has given numerous spiritual lectures, healing sessions, yoga sessions, meditation classes for adults and children in the greater Los Angeles area in Hong Kong and in India since 2010. In other words, for the last 10 years. Wow. And then uh, with her is her partner, Swaharan. Swaharan, it all started with a desire to learn healing to restore the health of his life partner at the time, Linda, who lived 29 years longer than the doctors at the UCLA liver transplant unit had said was even possible. During their marriage, he traveled the world tirelessly to learn energy healing to help her, searching throughout the U.S., Brazil, China, India, Europe, and Mexico. In pursuit of the secrets of healing, many amazing things happened to Swaharan. In 1995, right before his first pilgrimage to India, he stopped to give a street lady some money. Out of her eyes came a laser beam of light that dissolved the $10 bill in his hand, and then the street lady and Swaharan dissolved into light. He was teleported into his car onto the freeway, and he wept with the most intense joy for the next week from the experience. In 2011, Swaharan met the immortal Mahasiddha. In this encounter, Swaharan was asked by the immortal Siddha Bogar, the teacher of Babaji, to bring their Siddha energetic herbal medicines here to the West. Swaharan, also known as Dr. Ron Holman, owns and operates a mental health insurance company's intending to bring the understanding that health is a balance of mind, body, and spirit to the corporate world as well. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Tassan and Swaharan. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Beautiful. Uh, pleasure to have you with me here. I mean, you both have such a, amazing backgrounds as healers and, and, and just your incredible experiences but I do like to give my audience, at least in the beginning, a, you know, a little bit more sort of background. Um, so, Ron, I would like to start with you, Swaha. Um, would you say, like, for most of your life, you were a fairly spiritual person, or is this something that developed when you were a little bit older and more mature? <clears throat> it started uh, September 10th, 1976. Ah, what happened on that date? Well, I got lost in the 60s very badly. Uh, Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And <laughs> I uh, went into my final uh, drug rehab program. And uh, I was slightly more open <clears throat> and willing to hear uh, from somebody else than I was to follow my own flawed uh, thoughts about how to handle this problem. Mm. So that took me into uh, 12-step programs, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, all the anonymous programs. And it's so interesting that, you know, you talk so nicely about gratitude. 
And, you know, developing an attitude of gratitude is really, and I'm getting chills right now, uh, is really the backbone of my life. Mm. That whatever comes my way, I need to be grateful, whether it feels good or not, because Mm. there's a blessing in there somewhere. There's a donkey in a pile of manure. You just need to be patient and find it, and it will always show up. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, things aren't always obvious Mm. in the moment, but given enough time and perspective, we we can see the blessings sometimes in some of the most difficult times of our lives. Mm. And, and, and how about you, Tassan? Uh, were you always, uh, you know, kind of open to healing? I mean, obviously you come from the East where, where uh, things like acupuncture and herbal medicines are much more common. But was this something that you were really raised with and resonated you from a young time? Well, I think I was uh, not really aware about this. when I, Although I had my first uh, our body experience when I was five. Oh, wow. Um, Hong Kong is a city like New York. Growing yeah. up in a city like this is always about growing up and making money. Mm-hmm. And my parents didn't encourage me to pursue art and all this kind of stuff because they think that they won't, it won't bring any money to the family. Right. So I ignore my you know, passion and wishes or even my connections since very young age. So, um, until I came here, I think uh, when I start doing yoga and then dive into meditation, I remember the first time when I meditate, um, you know, SRF has the Christmas meditation program for three hours. Ah. That was my first meditation experience in this body. And I had such an amazing experience. And I shared with my yoga teacher at the time. And he commented, he said, wow, you were a meditator in a past life. (laughs) (laughs) And then then things just started to open up because I just started searching. You know, why I have this kind of experience? Why, why, why? And then it seems like, oh, okay. It's, It's more understanding and realizing about, you know, myself and my past life and my purpose. Mm, mm, Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, to start off meditating with a three-hour meditation, that's like diving into the deep end of the pool when you're just learning to swim. (laughs) That's pretty intense. That's for sure. (laughs) And it's so funny hearing you talk because I... I, I, I've always known it. That's, this is why Jewish people and Chinese people always get along so well. So it's the same thing growing up in a Jewish family that I grew up in. It was always about, you know, making money. You, you don't want to be a starving artist. You, you know, you want to be able to provide for yourself. And, and so, you know, the, these sort of more esoteric pursuits were never really overly encouraged as a kid. So you kind of, yeah. though surprisingly, a lot of people do find their way there anyway, right? Yeah. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. So um, let's take our first break. Um, And when we come back, I I just want to ask how the two of you met and sort of what that connection was like. And then uh, we'll bring things kind of up to date to sort of where things are today. And we'll get into the main topic, okay? Sure. 
All right, wonderful. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. right here on talkradio.nyc and on Facebook Live as soon as I can get the Zoom integration working. And we will be right back after this. And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking this hour with Tassan and Swaha Ran of Anu, Anu Alchemy, um, uh, all about uh, the, the alchemy and the, its role in raising consciousness. But getting a little bit of background first. So, um, so kind of heard from both of you a little bit about how really uh, when you were young, there wasn't necessarily uh, this strong uh, uh, encouragement to explore sort of this more spiritual side, but it was something that developed later on. And as I mentioned in your bio, Swaha, um, in your in your first wife, your first marriage, she became ill. And, and if I'm understanding properly, she had to get a liver transplant and the doctors didn't think it would work. But she ended up living 29 years after the operation. Actually, she never had the operation. She lived with uh, stage four cirrhosis of the liver for 29 years, confirmed by two uh, biopsies. And the doctors had no clue how she was able to do that and have a fairly happy and decent life. Wow. So how was she she able to do that? How were you able to support her in doing that? Well, you know, uh, God only knows. Um, (laughs) You know, the deal was that I would go and study all of the healing arts outside of the box of allopathic medicine. And if I found something good to bring it home to her and give it to her, and that's what we did. Ah. So, so, so what kinds of healing, I'm just out of curiosity, what kinds of healing techniques did you learn? I'm sure Reiki, what else? Well, you name it. Uh, you know, I, uh, I've had many, many past lives as a healer and shaman and, you know, uh, priest, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'd go to a Reiki class or a Qigong class or a a therapeutic touch class, or I'd be in India getting Shaktipat from a, a guru. And, you know, there was like this, this riptide of awareness that would go through my psyche. And after a while, you know, all of the techniques just disappeared. And there was just this flow of, I would say, divinity uh, that was intended to produce healing. Mm. And, you know, I really don't know how it works. Uh, I know it wasn't me. I know it was coming through me. And I just... Again, gratitude, Sam. I mean, when you have an attitude of gratitude, you know, I mean, anything can happen. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I've I've seen some amazing healing happen in some of the workshops that I've taken and even, you know, working with my own clients. Um, so, so how did life bring the two of you together? 
So uh, we met in a spiritual community. And the uh, first time I got invited by our mutual friend. And I went to, actually it, was, it took place at his office at a time. And first time when I saw him, he actually was wearing something like this. Right. And my first thought was, oh, he's a monk. Right. And I actually, that was 2014, and I got initiated as a sannyasini in India, 2013. Uh, okay. So I had a very uh, strong connection internally, you know, with people that who have that kind of commitment, you know, spiritual commitment. Although he wasn't a monk, but that is how I felt, right. how, how I feel at the time. Right. And then... Um, we, you know, we started to become like a spiritual brother and sisters. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so she came to a uh, sort of a satsang at my office, uh, you know, a gathering of uh, like-minded souls in which we collected Oramus, which is one of the products of a new alchemy. And... There's this long hallway from the front door all the way to the back of the office, maybe 60 feet. Mm -hmm. And I, I was walking over to the room where we were collecting the Ormus, and I looked down the hallway, and I saw this woman. I mean, she wasn't even walking. She was, like, gliding, and she was all dressed in white like she is today. And I noticed her, and I just went, oh. I better get to know this woman. Yeah. So that was the first introduction. And then in early 2015, there was a group of us uh, that uh, went to India together as, you know, spiritual brothers and sisters. And then my first wife, she died in uh, July 15th, 2015. Mm. And my body started shutting down. Uh, and I knew it. And so I went to some of the most powerful healers I knew in L.A., and she was one of them. Mm -hmm. And the day Linda passed, I got a newsletter from the Monastery of the Holy Archangel Michael in, uh, you know, off-the-grid mountains of New Mexico, Eastern Orthodox. And I looked at it. And I didn't sign up for it, but it arrived. And so I said, wow. There's no mistakes. Uh, I guess I'm supposed to go here. Mm -hmm. So I ended up going there, and I had an amazing interaction in which God told me that uh, I had mastered the soulmate relationship with Linda. Congratulations. Wow. And, I mean, what do you say to that? I said, thank you. <laughs> and I heard Spirit say, now I have something else for you to do, and I have something else for Linda to do. And I'm getting chills again. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, when I said, okay, my body stopped shutting down, and I took a step into my new life. Mm -hmm. So I said, oh, I guess I'm done here. I got in the car, drove home, started hanging out with my friends, including Tison. And it wasn't the same with her at all. And I didn't know what was going on. I felt so nervous. I was dressing up. I was opening the door for her. I couldn't figure it out. You know, I hadn't been on a date in 
45 years. Mm. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and we started getting visions of our past life together. Ah. Yeah, so um, one day he came and told me, I saw you. I said, what do you mean? I saw you when we were uh, in China, like 5,000 years back. I said, really? What was my hair look like? He told me. What was I wearing? He told me. What was the background, the room look like? He told me. And then I go, you know, I saw exactly the same thing two months ago, but I never told you. Oh, wow. (laughs) Crazy. So on our wedding, uh, October 11th, 2018, she wore her hair that way. Ah, that's why. Okay. Got it. Got it. Wow. So you basically got married about three years after you started, I guess, being met or or being together. And uh, it's only been a couple of years since. So you're still in the honeymoon phase, they would say here in New York. We are. (laughs) Lucky you. Lucky you. All right. We just have a few minutes before our next break. Um, so, so Swaha, you, you've had this, this um, health insurance company for many, many years. Why did you start this, this new, relatively new adventure with her, A New Alchemy? Well, uh, you know, coming back from India with uh, the awareness of healing with Linda and everything, there's a whole lot of other very ancient Indian uh, medicines, Mm -hmm. uh, Siddha medicines that started coming to me in India. Mm -hmm. The first one was Navapasana, which which translates into nine poisons. And uh, it is uh, where the stories of the fountain of youth uh, sprang from. And so I brought this back and I started energizing water with it and giving it away. I've probably given away 200,000 gallons of it, and it's on the website, anewalchemy.com. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another, and we started collecting the Oramus, and then we energized the distilled water with Navapasana. So when Tison and I got together, being a master designer, a uh, graphic designer. She worked in the movie industry in Hong Kong. Uh, she looked at my labeling and she just said, uh, we could improve on this. <laughs> so I said, okay, let's improve on it. And let's start our own company. Ah, uh, I see. I see. All right. Um, and, and why don't you, you, we just got a couple of more minutes before the break. Why don't you just talk about what Ormus is, Ormus is, and, and, and like, you know, what it is and, and why people should be interested in it. Okay, well, you know, it goes back at least to Cleopatra that bathed in milk to stay young. And then when the Jews left Egypt, they ate manna from heaven and manna and milk is other words for Oramus, and it's alchemy. Mm -hmm. So alchemy means that when you add certain ingredients together, you get something that's beyond the uh, ingredients that you add. And basically what happens is when the 
when the elements combine, there's an energetic portal that opens and the Oramus flows in. Mm. And we collect it in 30-gallon barrels and you can actually see the Oramus materializing in the barrels. Mm. Mm. So um, it is uh, really good for a whole variety of things. Um, I have pictures of me with my grandsons when uh, they were six months old, and I actually look 10 to 15 years younger today, 10 years later than I did then. Mm. You know, the spider uh, wrinkles on the face of both men and women will disappear. It acts like a natural Botox on the skin. You massage it into your gums, and issues with your gums will uh, tend to heal up. Uh, taken internally, it uh, deepens and facilitates meditation, the awakening of the psychic abilities that you're supposed to have. You know, I mean, a lot of people feel like, you know, they want to be psychic or they want this or they want that. And, you know, I've come to realize after doing that for many, many lifetimes that, you know, God, spirit, consciousness will give us the psychic abilities that we're supposed to have mm. and stop trying to force anything to happen. Mm. You know, it will happen in its own time and it'll happen perfectly. Right, right. Okay, wonderful, wonderful. So on that note, let's, let's take our next break. And when we come back, uh, I think we've laid a nice foundation work. Let, let's really talk about alchemy and its role in awakening consciousness and why is it so relevant today especially okay so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity and we'll be right back after this And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on talkradio.nyc. And unfortunately, the Facebook integration is not working on Zoom today, but I am recording it, so we will post the video up later. Um, so we're talking with Tisan and, and Swaha Ran of Aunu Alchemy. And uh, we just uh, were talking about the Ormus before the break. Um, and Ormus is just one of the alchemical uh, products that you offer to people. Why is alchemy so important? And how does it really help us in our own sort of spiritual development in our path? Well, I mean, for our noon alchemy journey, um, there are the medicine that is came later on when we start traveling to those sacred places. Mm -hmm. And um, we got a call when we we're in Egypt, in Peru, and India. Mm. So I would say there's some base elements in our energetic medicine contains the combination of these three sacred places. Mm -hmm. When we're there, we got the calling, we got the download, 
um, it's very interesting. Um, we have different roles. Mm-hmm. My role is more like uh, the person that who like to anchor the energy. Let's stay here because otherwise he will be like go around different places in an hour. I said no, let's stay here. Something is coming. Right. Always my you know background also is like be more patient. Just stay here. Something is coming. So usually, then yes, yeah, sure enough, um, some very rare uh, substance or like a being will show up, or even places. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's how we travel, and his role will be like receiving download or guidance how to make this medicine, so that people do not need to travel like three places all around the world. Right. And um, you want to say something about it? It's a lot of fun too. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. You have these three places around the world that that have inspired these medicines that these medicines came through. Are there sort of different qualities from these three different places? Yes, and the same. So <laughs> okay. you know, it's it's like humans. You know, we're all the same same species, mm-hmm. but we have different fingerprints. Right. So uh, in Egypt, sitting with a fifth generation essential oil master, I asked him after we, our third trip there, uh, Gamal, uh, can you show us the stuff you don't really show tourists? <laughs> <laughs> he looks at me, he gets up and he goes and brings back an oil. And he says, this reveals the nature of a thing. So I said, all right, where does it go? He said, on the small of your back. It can go anywhere, but he liked the small of the back. So I let him anoint me, and I went and laid down, and I saw the oils in his shop, in the bottles, holding hands, dancing together, except for one oil that was dark and by itself. Hmm. And I knew somebody gave him that that was jealous, and it was black magic. Oh. So afterwards, I told him, and I said, "You need." he was like, yeah, it's been there for a long time. I've never touched it. I said, why is it in your shop? Get it out. Mm. So, you know, and these elements of awakening, of awareness, you know, everybody has their own fingerprint. And I'm not here to tell anybody, you know, you should practice this kind of meditation or you should practice this kind of religion or, you know, you should marry this kind of... It doesn't really... I mean, everybody needs to follow their own path and on their own path, behind whatever it is that they're practicing, there's a common denominator in all spiritual systems and it's love. That's Mm -hmm. the long and short of it. Mm -hmm. You know, I found this in Tel Aviv. I found this in, in New Delhi, India. I found this in Cairo. We found this in, in, uh, in Peru, Lake Titicaca, Lima. Uh, and um, that's what is so interesting to me with these medicines. And we have Oramus, you know, and then there's probably 180 other similar but different vibrational frequencies, Mm -hmm. each of which 
you know, one person may like one and another person may not like it. They may like something else. And that's just because they have a different fingerprint. Mm. And what they're ready for to step into, you know, is between them and spirit. Mm. For instance, why do some people find, like, in a day, they'll see ants everywhere? Somebody else will see a moth or a butterfly or a katydid. Those are all messages. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to tune into the message, we have those spirit totem essences. You know, we have insects, we have animals, birds, fish, trees, flowers, magical. You're going to say something, Sam. Uh, well, I was just going to ask, like, when would you, like, use a different essence? Like, how would you know which essence to work with for, like, what kind of thing you're dealing with? Well, <clears throat> a very simple uh, understanding would be, uh, let's take a uh, mosquito. Mm -hmm. What does a mosquito do? Flies around and sucks your blood. Right. So if you want to know what is sucking the blood out of your life, ah. work with mosquito essence. Ah. Now, what does a gnat do? It's annoying. What is annoying in your life that you keep trying to shoo away, right. but you don't quite accomplish it? Right, right. So each essence on our website, anewalchemy.com, you click on the product and it has an energetic description of what the, the uh, essence does. Right, right. But, but you have some essences also that are not related to an animal or an insect that are more, uh, 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 I don't know how to say, more, more esoteric, like, 12th dimensional energy or the violet flame. Where, where did those come from? Um, <laughs> the plasmas actually are the first ones that came. Uh, and when I was in India in 2000, I don't know, 12 or 13, maybe 13, my spiritual brother uh, was sent to get something for me by our mutual teacher, Boganathar, who's Babaji's teacher. And he went to meet this guy in a village, and he came back and he said, I don't think anybody could see him except me. <laughs> and then he says, he had a pot on his head and his hair wrapped all around it, and it was this tall. And out of my mouth came, that wasn't a pot, that was a long head. And these are very benevolent species of highly billions of years advanced uh, beings of light that do take physical form in different planets, dimensions, realities to, let's just say, um, help developing species. So we would be considered developing species. 
Yeah, sometimes it feels like we're a little stalled in the development phase. <laughs> I know. I know. So these longheads, through a seven-month initiation with me, just brought this amazing understanding of their gift to humanity through these plasmas. And the first one that came was blue plasma. I don't know. Did I send you blue? No, I don't think I've tried the blue. All right. I'll send it to you. It's the first one that came, and it cleanses and prepares. Oh. Okay. And then red plasma came. And red plasma takes one down into the depth of their heart to where choices can be made easily about what's good for you and what isn't. Mm. Nice. And then after that, yellow plasma came, which is a love potion. And uh, then fragrance of eternity came, which brings forth from past lives gifts from past lives that one already mastered that are ready to come through in this life. Mm. Mm. And then answer my prayers. And there's a caveat on that. If you really want your prayers to be answered, first you have to realize, face, and deal with what's in the way of your prayers manifesting. Mm. And then probably one of the all-time populars is green plasma that awakens more money-making. Ah, yes. I'm sure that one's very popular these days. It's very, very popular. And it goes on the palms of the hands. And when I anoint people, I use this little mantra. May great amounts of cash and wealth cross the palms of your hands for your highest good and the highest good of all. Yes! (laughs) So back to gratitude, which is stepping into the space of it already happening. Mm, Already. And we have countless stories of people that have got the uh, green plasma from us. And then the seventh one that came was protection. Mm. And when I anoint people with protection plasma, I can psychically see Michael the archangel cocooning the person with his wings. Mm. And that originally came as uh, purple, And I gifted a bottle of it to a young woman in our community. And when it touched her hand, it was a perfect example of the flower of life. One petal touching the next petal, touching the next petal. And it turned orange as it touched her hand. Oh, wow. And then I was curious about the bigger bottles in the other room of the purple protection plasma. I get up, I run in there, open the cabinet, and it's all orange. Wow. So, you know, my take on all this is that, you know, our friends are always interested in, uh, you know, giving us blessings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So go back to your question, Sam, earlier. Actually, it wasn't our choice to do it. Uh, you have heard all these stories, kind of like our journey. Mm-hmm. We didn't plan on you know, creating energetic medicine in the trip of, you know, Egypt, Peru, and India, but something just land on us. Mm, mm. 
I remember the first time when we went to Egypt, we stood in front of uh, Mother Sigmund. And she was the only uh, form that is, didn't get destroyed in Egypt. You can see the entire form. Uh-huh. And uh, when we stood in front of her, I know I got chill too. She clearly said, both of you go and do the work now. So it was such a beautiful blessing and initiation of all the sacred places that we have gone and all the guidance, how to help humanity and how to share this beautiful energy without people, you know, spending thousands and thousands of dollars to go and travel places. All right. right. Wonderful. So it's time for us to take our last break. Um, It's kind of is a nice segue. You're talking about also the green plasma of sort of now I want to get into sort of the practical way of applying this stuff, how we use this stuff, how does it help us, and, and, and why is now more than ever before an important time uh, to explore these paths, okay? So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Tassan and Swaha Ran all about uh, Anu alchemy and how alchemy uh, sort of has played such a significant role in their spiritual paths. And, and now we want to get into like what kind of role it has to play for us in today's environment and, and in, in what's going on today. Um, I'm just curious, like how have some of the people who have purchased these essences and, and plasmas and sit medicines, how have they used them? Like they, they take them, they put them where on their body and like what kinds of benefits have people gotten from using them? Well, for Ormus, we kind of mentioned it before, it's very good for the skin, very good for the gums. And um, it's also actually on YouTube, if the audience would like to do some research. There are lots of uh, diligent researchers talk about the benefit of almost is basically is expanding the brain, the hemisphere to balance the left and right hemisphere. And um, we have a lot of amazing significant results from children who are artisan also by using our almost. And um, you know, the way how we collect it, the way how we share with, with the world, of our almonds is exactly how we collect. Mm-hmm. We didn't add anything, add any, infuse any energy. So we keep it very original. Uh, so I would say, however the divine want us to do it, this is how we want to share with the world. Mm-hmm. And um, we have, um, like almonds pretty much is the, I would say the only medicine out of nearly 200 of them um, will be ingested. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them is only external use. Okay. Because everything is energy. Mm-hmm. So it's just tiny to drop. You put on any chakra or any area that you call and close your eyes and just feel the energy. And the frequency of that energetic medicine 
will do some amazing, profound uh, adjustment in you. We have seen so many people have just tiny little job, drop of the energetic medicine. You can see not just their aura shift to have more light and their personality or their reaction just change right away. Hmm. For example, um, I had a client in Belgium. I was there doing a workshop. And at the end of the workshop, I was sharing the energetic medicine. So back then... Then one of the new ones um, was unicorn. Mm. So I was very excited to share, hey, have you guys tried unicorn energy? Everybody said, no, let's try it. <laughs> so, that was a popular one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then she put a little bit on her forehead and the heart, and she started laughing nonstop. Mm. She laughing nonstop for a minute, and then she stopped. And then she said, Oh my God, I think I'm way too serious. Mm. I need to laugh more and have more joy in my life. Mm. So it was just one out of 200 or thousands of examples that we have, you know. The uh, ninth dimensional uh, plasma uh, is particularly interesting in that uh, you know, under Mount Shasta is the ninth dimensional structure, uh, crystalline city of Telos. Mm-hmm. And we uh, visited some ninth dimensional structures in Peru as well. So connecting on these levels has been something that has been of uh, great interest with some of our friends. And they're able to not only connect in, but they can actually psychically start uh, tuning into and seeing some of these ninth dimensional struct uh some of these ninth dimensional beings that have a beautiful beautiful crystalline form and are tall um there is a mother in florida that just got some ormus and navapasanam for her son where they're both taking it and he's 26 and he's been diagnosed bipolar and i just didn't feel right about it. I said, is that like full blown or is it sort of mild or what? She said, well, he's very, very sensitive. I think it's a mild form of bipolar. They've been taking the Ormus and the Navapasana for the last week and a half. And she said, he's sleeping better. He's more relaxed. So uh, it's, uh, it's very, very interesting. There's just so many different stories of, of, of the different results people are getting. Wonderful. Okay, we just got a couple of minutes before the end of the show. What do you? I just want to ask you: What do you see as the 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 role of these medicines in in the the collective sort of awakening of humanity and the shifts? You know, as we're going from the Piscean Age into the Aquarian Age, and 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 again, like tremendous upheaval in society. What what is the role? How are these supporting us? Well, you know, one of the essences is called fan the download. Mm -hmm. So by me taking just a tiny little bit on my finger and putting it on my heart, I invite everybody that's live now or watching this later to just close your eyes and just feel into your heart. And fanning the download really is about fanning more conscious awareness and love into your own heart so that you can 
see past the surface, uh, just the interference and the, the police and everybody to what I can do, what vibration can I put out? How can I look at my fellow humans, whether they're police or uh, people of color or different species, whatever it is, and just feel into the deep oneness of all of us. And by fanning the download in whatever tradition or religion one uh, practices, that will come through in an enhanced understanding of my role, your role, here on Earth. Yeah, and also I feel um, our medicine will help people to connect to who they really are. In other words, it's like able to shield off some conditioning, some stuff that doesn't belong to them, so then they can really do the work while they're back on earth. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time out of your day to come on the show. I'm so appreciative and grateful for you both and, and for your work and for your products of actually you know, been to their office in, in California and it's really quite a something and seeing those barrels of Ormus you have there and those giant ores that you, wooden ores that you uh, create it with is really something. So if anybody wants to find out more about you, um, the website is anualchemy, A-N-U-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y.com. Um, is there any other thing you want to give out to people if they want to get in touch with you? Well, yeah, there's some, there's some free products. Well, they're not really products. They're gifts that I've got in India. And our, our mentors asked us to bring it to our friends in the West. So people that request the uh, prasad, which is very, very magical, uh, sapphire medicine, mm-hmm. uh, pearl medicine, and there's a whole long story we could do maybe the next show on the red pills. So oh, wow. the blue pill or the red pill? We have the red pills. Ah, okay. Did you get those from me? No, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, Sam. Okay, I'm going to send you some red pills. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. I can't <laughs> wait. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. You've always been so generous with me. I really appreciate it. I've been using the Ormus myself. And uh, it's sort of part of my morning ritual and I have many of the essences. They're really quite fascinating. Um, but thank you so much. I'll be posting the video a little bit later today. Thank you all for tuning in. Stay tuned next on talkradio.nyc. It's Voices of Courage with Ken Foster. And we will talk to you all next week. Thank you. Thank you.